0: For some time now I've been trying to speak a message, I'm going to let everybody stop moving, find the seats, it's good to have you back guys, well you've been away, John's been away on these international (laughs) jet stream travels, it's good to have the people back, I know people go on holidays and it's right, that's good, but it's always good to have you back. So much has happened in three weeks. And yet, Jesus is on the throne. Not still on the throne, he's always been on the throne. Kingdoms rise, kingdoms fall, people live, people die, but Jesus Christ is on the throne. So for some time, people say, please say, for some time. Come on, say it, for some time. God's been trying to say something to us. And it's always difficult. I always find that God gives me something to declare in the midst of people movement. And people movement is holiday times. From June till September, people move. People are going on holidays away, da-da-da. And yet God still gives me a word to declare in the midst of people movement. And that's just the way it is. And I could say, well, Lord, I'll wait for them to all get back. He said, they'll never all get back. There's never a Sunday when everyone's here together for all multiple reasons, you just declare it, whether Jimmy's here, we haven't got Jimmy have we, no, so you declare it, whether Jimmy's here, or Sally's here, or not, so that's what, so if Jimmy, I've never seen Jimmy and Sally, but we'll keep on declaring it until Jimmy and Sally turn up, okay, but for some times now, God's been trying to speak a message to us, and, and it's been birthing inside of me, and it, you know, the word came into my spirit like a gushing river, that's the only way I can describe it, is when I said to you last week when I was leading worship, and I, in fact I wasn't even leading worship, I got up to take the microphone to contribute to what was going on in the worship, and I found myself saying three statements. And as I found myself saying three, three statements, my own spirit almost leapt out and heard what was being declared from my own body. Because faith comes by Hearing. And by hearing the word of God. And the three statements are, write these down, because this is where God is. This is what God is speaking to us, but we have to fill in the pieces. God has to put the pieces together, but he gives us the word. And one thing I am going to say, but two things you are going to hear. So if you get these three phrases in your heart, God can speak to you and make sense of these words and to us corporately, you individually, at any time. And those three phrases are stand up. Second phrase, step in. The third phrase, enter in until. Stand up. Step in. Enter in until. Or stay in until, sorry. Stand up, step in, stay in, sorry, not entering, stay in until, until what? Well, this is what we need to piece together. When God speaks to us like this, God is doing it deliberately, and as we keep seeking him, he'll keep on speaking to us and filling in the blanks. How many times did he say things to the disciples over and over again? And how many times did he say to them, still you don't understand, yet yeah, I told you, and then there was a final clicking of the mechanism inside the heads where the coin finally clicks and says, now at last we believe. So if you don't keep saying things, there isn't a final moment where the pieces come together. Is that true? So stand up, step in, stay in, on till. Until what? Well, aha, that's what you've got to find out. If these words can enter inside your heart like they're entering inside my heart, I believe that you will have an unstoppable river. Because this, this, these phrases are causing me to seek God and to keep finding the word of the Lord for us. Now, I'm going to say something and I'm going to move on. I'm going to come back to it at a latter day, day, but I'm going to put a stake in the ground now. Many of you have come here today for word. Is that true? You've come here for the word. But many, many of you are not prepared to hear a voice. You have got so Christianized that you told yourself that as long as I'm around the word, it's okay. But many of you live with word, but you don't live with voice. And I'll come back to that another day. Mark my words. I will come back to that. But that's not for today. That's just a foretaste of what's coming. It's not enough to live by the word. You need to live by the voice of God. Coming from the word of God. Amen? I've got to get off it or I'll start preaching it. So if this word can enter inside your spirit and heart, it can, it can create an unstoppable river with inside you. This river can take you where this word is intending To take you. Because there's force. There's might. There's strength. When God speaks. His word's taking us somewhere. That's why. Another word for the word that's going somewhere. Is called the preceding word. The preceding word has power, strength. And energy. And it's intended. It's on a course. And when God speaks it. It drives everything in its midst. To that one point. It's different from. I feel the Lord is saying, say for instance, I'm prophesying over cattle and the Lord wants to encourage you. That's one, one kind of word. But when the preceding word comes, it gathers everything in its sound and it moves it to one point. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So man shall not live by bread alone. That's one level. But by every word, that's the preceding word, that comes from the throne of God, so there's word and then there's a voice, amen, so, and that's what God is trying to release into us, last week, in fact, someone's got a Bible, can you give me a Bible, Phil, can I nab your Bible for a second, I know you don't use it, it's not true, I know he does, I'm just joking with him. Yeah, last week I read you a very, read to you I should say not read you, read to you a very very powerful psalm and we're not getting away from it Psalm 91 just turn in your Bibles if you've got I've just put a little note in my notes this morning, just Psalm 91 just turn to it now can I just say something about Psalm 91 that I found was a restriction last week I found last week in my heart that I really wanted to take you to Psalm 91 and unlock some of the the dimensions in Psalm 91, but I really did not feel that we arrived at a point last week in God where faith was in the room to draw from all that was in Psalm 91. I really felt last week we could have arrested some sickness and some pain. But I also know as a pastor... I've got to know the atmosphere and the conditions of the people. And you cannot just throw things and and speak things idly. You have to be patient. There's some Sundays when in your spirit you have to know, as as the minister of God, you have to know when the sheep are biting at the word. And where some are just scratching their ears. Some scratch their ears because it's interesting to their ear. Others chew on the word because what's coming to them is feeding them. And on any given Sunday, we all respond differently. Yes? It's not no one in particular, it's corporately. And every week we come in here with a different week, a different attitude, a different circumstance. There'll always be those things going on in our lives, by the way. However, hunger is hunger. Mm. When you're hungry, you'll always eat. Yes? Yes? But have you, how, many, do we, how many of us realize that when we, we are in turmoil in our hearts, we lose our appetite? And we can go without eating or just picking when, our, when all is not well within our soul. How many of you been there? When you're not well sometimes or you feel you have bad news, you think, oh, I'm not interested, can't eat. And then people say to you, you need to eat. Yeah. Needing to eat and wanting to eat are two different things. Yeah. And uh, there are times in church when you need to eat. But there are definitely times when you want to eat. And this morning, hopefully, it finds you in a state of heart where you say, I want to eat. Because I can't open your mouth and force feed you. Those days have gone when you were sat on your mother's knee. And she went, I saw a great thing on the other day on, on Facebook. And it was a video of a chatter baby wouldn't eat his dinner. And the mother's got a big piece of pizza. And the baby sat there and it sees the pizza and it opens its mouth. And as it opens its mouth towards the pizza, she shoves the baby food in. I thought, brilliant! What a great, great! I know it's, it's 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 a con, but it's the only way to get the baby to eat the food. Seeing the pizza, things, I'm having the pizza, and it's the mouse open, boom, down with the baby food. I thought it was funny that. And sometimes God's never going to feed you like that, by the way. If God doesn't have to con you, you must come to the waters of life yourself, and come to the table. You must know how to eat. We covered that a long time ago called table manners. There's a way to eat at God's table. So he who dwells in the shelter of the most high. I'm just going to talk this morning, see where we go. He who dwells in the shelter of the most high will rest. Benefit. So the first person who dwells, the secret to resting is dwelling. Wherever you dwell is where you find rest or unrest. Yeah. Is that not true? Yeah. So, wherever you rest, I said, wherever you dwell, if you dwell in an uncertain place, in, no, sorry, unstable place, then guess what? You'll never find rest. You'll just find turmoil in your spirit. So, where we dwell will determine what we receive. And I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. So there is something needing to be spoken by you. In this place where you dwell, God is expecting words to come from your heart. For I will say, the psalmist said, he is my refuge and he is my fortress. That's quite a statement to make. In whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare. Now, last week I looked at four things that the fowler does. The fowler snare. We're not going back there again. Listen to the podcast. We see that there's pestilence. I saw something only this week uh, in Australia. Conservationists are, are at their ends. There's a, a toad called the uh, to- a cane toad. I think it's called the cane toad. And this thing has poison. And this 1,001 foot female toad can lay 30,000 eggs. I mean, that's some ability, that, isn't it? 30,000 eggs. And what happens is, is when snakes go to eat these toads, sn- snakes instantly die. Even the worst venomous snake dies because of the poison in this toad. And it kills it. So what they do is, at night, conservationists and the animals eat these things. So all, it's killing all the wildlife all around. So what they do in the middle of the night, they go up and they pick these toads up, because they're a bit, you know, docile. They pick them up and put them in bags. And then what they have to do is they have to gas them. Gas these things. He's got bags and bags and bags in this truck of these toads. But they're never going to wipe these things out. Not when one, one can bleed. 30,000. So, But they've got to do something pestilence pestilence when it covers the earth it it wrecks everything but he says you'll deliver me from pestilence don't fear about your food but be educated about what you eat does that make sense he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You must know this God. You've got to know this God. After, after all the years some of us have uh, professed to have walked with God, we should know this God by now. Right now I feel God has covered me and cattle with his feathers. There's a time when God covers you, and there's a time when you go to him and say, Cover me. Cover me with your feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. Wow. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. His faithfulness, not always yours. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day. How many people fear the night? Now, I believe this is not just talking about physical nighttime. All the dark or should I say, all the deeds of the enemy are done in darkness. Yes, I am convinced that we need to walk as a church. We need the pillar of fire and the cloud by day to lead us. God's speaking to me about this pillar of fire, how the pillar of fire in the camp of the Lord will disperse the darkness. And as long as there's fire in the house of the Lord, darkness will never take hold of us. But then there must be also a cloud by day. Because not everything can take place in here. Come on. We need to still make a journey. So it's one thing to be delivered from the works of the enemy, but it's another thing to get the job done. And to get the job done... Look at this... (laughs) When one someone says, can I go to the toilet, they all say, can I go? So the thing is this. We need the pillar of cloud by day to fix us so that we keep our steps in line. Now, I'm going somewhere, so stay with me. I haven't wandered off the track by reading that Psalm 91. I gave you three phrases. Can you repeat them back to me? Until... So, stay with me. We need to follow the cloud. We need the pillar of fire. So that we can make the journey that God is assigning us to make. As a people and as a house. Arrows, have you noticed, arrows fly by day. And then he says, nor pestilence that stalks in the darkness nor the plague that destroys at midday. So there's sickness, there's attacks of the enemy, going on all the time. And a thousand may fall at your side. Whose side? So I'm going to observe some things, but it will not touch. Why? Because I have the pillar of fire and the cloud by day. So, So I observe some things. Let me just say this to you, and and this might help your faith. You can't stop everything. Even with your faith. Why? Because there are some things just going to happen, because it's all been pre-purposed. And other people have choices as well. So even though I can only affect what I can affect, but other people also have to... I can't affect, affect Chrissy's faith. I can encourage it, but I can't ultimately... To, uh, I can't make his decisions for him what I can do what I could do is I can encourage him but I've got to make sure his in this sense Chris don't take it the wrong way his lack of faith can't affect me I've got to make sure his lack of faith neither if that role reverses by the way so I'm not saying he's got lack of faith I'm just using that as an illustration a thousand may fall at our side if we're together well so we're going to see some stuff so you're ready to see some things A thousand may fall, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you make the most high, and he keeps talking to us about if, if you make the Lord the most high dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. So I have got some expectations here that if I do something, if I stand up and step in and stay in until I have the right to receive what Psalm 91 is proclaiming over our lives. So we have to talk about how to dwell in the secret place. Why is it secret? It's not secret to you and it's not secret to me. Why? Because Jesus said the counselor will lead you and show you. So it's not a secret in that sense, but it's a secret to many people because they don't know the ways of the Spirit. Once you walk in the Spirit, it's not a secret because He leads you into all truth. Yeah? He's not give me the code and nobody else the code. Anyone who walks by the Spirit of God has the same code. Amen? Amen. So if you make the Lord the most high dwelling and even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. What did He say? No harm will befall you. For He will command His angels concerning you, I, you, we together, how going to discover in these next Days ahead, angels on assignment helping us, lifting us up. We're not going to get caught up by watching angels. They're there to look into the affairs of men because they learn something about God by watching and observing you. Yes. You would think this angelic realm who, who live in that cosmos know everything there is to know about God. But the mysteries of salvation, they look into your life and my life because by looking at your life and my life, they understand something. Because you've got something they haven't got. And don't ever think for one minute, you can't experience what they're experiencing. You can step in by the blood of the Lamb. You can go into the throne room and have an encounter. Amen? Amen? Now, they might live in that realm, but you get, you get something in that environment that they never get. And it's amazing how many Christians want to be in the angelic realm when the angelic realm want to be in your, your business. What is man that you are so mindful of him? We're, we're an interesting breed. We're peculiar. That even the angels want to get involved in what we're doing. I'm interesting. I'm interesting in that sense. And when the angels see how we can relate with God and how God relates with us, they are blown away. You've got to get an understanding of the angelic realm. Don't ever think the angels are above you. Don't ever think that. That's why you're told not to worship them it's amazing how many people want to worship angels worship the Lord your God and only him worship in spirit and truth you worship in spirit and truth you don't need to worship any angel yeah I can be amazed by seeing one I can be amazed by seeing what what they do but guess what they're here for us they're sent for us so if you see one you know you're either in trouble (laughs) or God's got something to say to us Amen. The angels encamp, the Lord encamps around those who fear God. Amen. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against stones. So don't worry about what size you are. They can lift us up. You'll tread upon the lion and the cobra. Who wants to do, who wants to step on, I guess we could say stand up, step in, step on, Stay in. We're going to step on some stuff. When you stand up and step in, it's only right that you're going to stand on some stuff. Is it not true? Step on the lion and the cobra. What's, what does it say at the back underneath there? It should say Satan. It should say defeated. Crushed. Under his feet. It shouldn't say the sponsor of my shoes. It should say Satan. Because that's your position in Christ. Satan is under my feet. I feel him all over me. Remember that song we used to sing? Well, maybe you don't. I don't remember him any words, so just rejoice with me. Because he loves me, says the Lord. Oh, hang on. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Oosh. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him and protect him, for he acknowledges my name. That's what it's all about. I acknowledge, I love, I walk by his name. And here's, here's the part that you all like, and you all jump up and woo He will call upon me and I will answer him. Well, I'm not quite sure for some of us, but he will be with me in trouble. I should say, I will be with him in trouble. So you notice, I will be with him in trouble. It's a different rather than him, you expecting him to be with you in trouble. Notice, I will be with him in trouble. So if I am with him and we're in trouble, I made a decision to be with him in trouble. I didn't stand over here and expect him to be with me in trouble. It's my choice to be with him in my trouble. Can you see this? It's my responsibility to be with him in trouble. I know he'll be with me, but will you be with him? It's a difference. I'll be with him. Why? Because I've made him my refuge. I've I'm, I've made him the shelter of the Most High. I'm going to dwell. So when I'm in the secret place, I'm in the shelter of the Most High. I observe some stuff, but some stuff can't get to me because I'm in a different realm. Yeah. I am with, and though I'm with him in the shelter, and I might find myself in trouble, I am with him in my trouble. Therefore, trouble will be troubled because I have a deliverer with me all time. That's why it can only come, that's why I can see some stuff and it can only come near me. But he can't touch me. Because I'm with him. You seen this? I will deliver him and honour him. God's going to honour you and God will deliver you when you make him. With long life will I satisfy him. Who wants some long life? Let's, Let's start with life first. Who wants some life? You know you get long life milk, don't you? Which really doesn't last that long. (laughs) And all the goodness is stripped out of it. But I drink long life. Yeah. Keep drinking it and you won't have any. And I will show him my salvation. Who wants to see their salvation? I want to see my salvation. Well then to see and experience and step into this stuff so to see an experience I have to stand up step in stand on and stay in until until we're adding this standing on I didn't see that before now we're going to stand on because we've got some fights and battles to face en route thank you Phil You can have your Bible back are you still with me? Turn in your, in your Bible, if you will, to Numbers chapter 12. So, Psalm 91, I want you to really think about this psalm and I want you to pray this psalm in your quiet time and ask God to bring some revelation to you of Psalm 91. I want you, if you will, I want to encourage you, everyone in the church who's hearing my voice right now, to step in to Psalm 91 and say, Father, Take me into this dimension. Yeah. Take me into, into this. I'm going to make you, now to step in, you've got to make the Lord your most high. Don't, don't keep expecting God to do things. You've got to go to the word yourself. God doesn't, I, you know, when I wake up in the morning, this is not like Harry Potter. My Bible doesn't come to me from across the, ro- from across the room. I have to go to my Bible. Yeah? When I go to the Bible, I have the word true stop just looking for the word start listening to his voice see when i read psalm 91 that i read you the word Mm -hmm. but who heard the voice who heard the voice this morning of psalm 91 there was a voice speaking to someone this morning Psalm 91, as you break down those verses, there is a voice ready to lift you up and set you in to the dimensions of Psalm 91. I gave it to Phil last week. It's not just a word. There's a voice speaking in there, and one of those verses will lay hold of you and propel you to an upright position. You need the voice to cause you to stand up. So, Numbers 12, verse 5. Then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud. And he stood at the entrance of the dream center. Doesn't say that, but he said he stood at the entrance of the tent. And he summoned Aaron and Miriam, or he summoned the congregation of the dream center. So who's speaking? God. He's descended in a pillar of cloud. Yes, he stood at the entrance of the dream center and he's summoning the congregation, the people he is revealing the cloud to, the people he's about to speak to, he's revealing it to them. There's a voice ready to speak. Not just a manifestation, but out of the manifestation, a voice is about to speak and listen to what happened next. When both of them stepped forward, he said, Notice, manifestation of God. What did they do? They stepped forward. So God looked at them first before he then proceeded to continue about what he was about to do. Can you imagine if the cloud would have come down and they'd all sat there like this? Yeah, go on. Speak. What have you got, Lord? That's how some of us are in church. Go on, Lord, speak. Yeah, I'm listening. Does that look like I'm listening? Come on. There's sobriety that comes when the Lord Almighty appears it should bring you up straight and then the first thing they did was that told God Almighty the green light we're ready whatever's about to be said declared next we're ready I remember Carol and I, we were just about to come into the ministry. It was the it was the, Saturday, the Friday, just as we were about to come into the ministry on the Sunday. And we were at faith camp. And the man, Hector Jimenez, or we as we tenderly called him, Hector the Menace. And Hector was, uh, was a pastor of, I think it was 50,000 people in Argentina. And uh, little, little did I know after that, I would get to know him. I'll select, not really get to him but I got to meet him and, and talk to him and took him into Manchester one day and with his broken, with his broken English and my, I can't say broken Spanish, it's no Spanish, um, we managed to talk and Carol and I stood there at the front, do you remember that babe, we stood there and I knew that if I take another step, I'm gone and before I knew it, Carol's shaking, rattling and rolling and I'm thinking, honey, I've relied on you to stand on your feet. And next minute, Carol's gone in the spirit. She went before me. And we just knew that we're in the presence of God. The, ma- the pillar of cloud was there. And that if I take another step forward, I am gone. I've gone in a good way. And before I know it, say, Carol's down. And then the next thing I know, I'm gone in the spirit. When the Holy Spirit descends like that, God wants you on your feet, maybe to put you on your back. But your first posture should be to be on your feet. You might end up on your knees. You might end up on your back. You might end up flat out. That's not the point. Your first posture should be to stand, yeah. stand up to him. Yeah. and don't, Not stand up resisting him. Stand up to greet him. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So he said, they step forward. And then he said this, Listen to my words. When a prophet of the Lord is among you. I reveal myself to him in visions I speak to him in dreams but this is not true of my servant Moses he is faithful in all my house and I will speak with him face to face clearly and not in riddles he sees the form of the Lord now Moses was a very unique guy but the prophets are one group of people and Moses was another person so God's saying he recognized the pattern of the way God moves and speaks to prophets But here, God was dwelling and manifesting to Moses differently than than he'd ever done before with the prophets. Yes? Because God's God. He can do that. So let me say this to you. When God speaks, he always summons us to incline our ears. When God speaks, he always summons you to incline your ear. It's your ears that bring you to attention. Yeah? And you're a fool if you sit there, like the illustration I've just given you, and just, okay. Now, familiarity does that. Familiarity, there's nothing worse than familiarity to make a person sit back, so you know, oh, it's Pastor Tony, you know what Pastor Tony's like, so in your heart of hearts, you think, go on, Pastor, just get this half an hour over with. Get this morning over with. So I'll always listen to it on the podcast. Straight away there's there's no it's perhaps it's a maybe. There's no nothing there. And you have to guard your heart for that. Because it's a very, very real thing. Listening to me is not easy. I say that in all sincerity. Listening to you is not that easy when I know you and you know me. And it's the familiarity that will cause the Lord in us all to be put aside so be very careful how we deal with one another and listen to one another sometimes your children can be telling you something very profound but yeah 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 yeah. just hang on just quiet and you can shut the voice of god down because we're so familiar with one another familiarity is a very very powerful thing it breeds contempt we know that but here we go we must pay attention and then he says in isaiah 42 20 listen to this And and we're all guilty of this. So listen to this scripture. Write this down bold in your Bible. Because you're going to identify with this scripture. Every one of us is going to identify with Isaiah 42, verse 20. And you might want to get a highlighting pencil and put which part of you is in here. And he says this You have seen many things, but have paid no attention. Your ears are open. But you hear nothing. Which of you will listen to this or pay close attention in time to come? Anybody ever been there? Yeah. To thy own self. Be true. Is This what it says in my Bible. I don't know if it might read in your Bible. Isaiah 42, verse 20. You've seen many things. John, have you seen many things? Yes. You have? Okay, let me ask you another question. Did you always pay attention to what you saw? No. Right. Honest, the man's honest. Chris, are your ears open? Not all the time. Not all the time, right. But they're open, but you don't always hear. right. Right. Now, what differentiates between his ears being open and him not hearing is his attention. What he gives attention to. So, you can hear me now because we've got the microphone on. Everyone who can reasonably, even if you've got problems with your ear, there's a loop system so that you can hear me on the airways so you can all hear my voice. But do you hear the words? Your ears are open, but you don't always hear. Come on, let's be honest. We all do it. We all do it. But here's the question. You wish you listen to this or pay close attention, uh, sorry, but you hear nothing. Nothing. You hear nothing. Wow, that's a striking comment. Your ears are always open, but you hear nothing. I know from now on this will be a phrase you, he and I will use. He you listening to me? No, your ears are open, but you're hearing nothing. That's going to be the phrase that you and I will hear. Just Isaiah 42 verse 20 is going to be used quite a lot from here on. All I'm saying. Do you hear me? (laughs) We hear nothing. But then he says this. You don't hear it because you don't pay close attention. In time to come. So there is something that you hear today for tomorrow. There's something you need to hear today that if you don't pay attention... It's going to affect your tomorrow. Are you getting this? Are you sure? Are you just hearing it? Are you paying attention? I've realised that I'm very different from many other pastors. Not better, different, and here's why. I've pondered this for many, many times. Putting aside grace, gift, and anointing. Let's just put them aside for a second. Because the anointing, grace, and gifting is not something we compete with one another. Or we ever use, I've got it and he hasn't got it, or I'm better than him. Let's put that nonsense aside right now and let me explain to you why I'm different. I've often wondered why so many pastors... Are in a mess spiritually. Privately. You can see. They do not walk according to the word they preach. And. If you can see that. It causes me great trouble. Now I'm the type of guy that wants to go in and rescue it. Or deal with it. But neither do I want somebody to come in and do it to me. So, But it troubles me to see guys walking, talking to their people and their lives are not in order. It troubles me greatly. But at the same time, I've got to be careful that I don't judge. But at the same time, I can't ignore what I'm sensing. I've often wondered why so many churches are struggling to hold the people in righteousness. Phil and I... Paul, David, for many, many years have sat there and talked about the patterns that's needed in a church for accurate behavior. For years and years, we've sat there and talked about these things, and it brings us great trouble. We've seen churches literally collapse all around us. We've seen this church almost collapse in the early days. So we learned some things in those days, and we told ourselves... This is what we must watch and guard in the days ahead. We paid attention. I've often wondered why pastors keep moving from church to church and blame the congregation. Well, you know, they just couldn't get the vision. That's your job. It's your job to work with them until they do get the vision. So they keep moving from church to church to church to church. The problem is the pastor, not the people. When Johnny keeps turning around and saying the people are the problem, Johnny's the problem. And when you talk to pastors, how many churches have you pastored? And they've got, this got long list. Stan, be very careful. Be very careful. The question I'm asked, why have you moved so much? Hmm. You might want to think that next time you enter a church. And ask, how long has he been the minister there? Oh, well, we change our past every two or three years. Then why Why do I need... That's not a man I can follow. Because my destiny is more than four years. I've often wondered why so many people are duped, seriously duped by ministers and ministries, and they give tons and tons of money to them. And, all, and the only person that seems to be getting rich is the one who's taking the money, not the one who's giving it. Manipulation and control. And I've asked myself, why do the people sit there and let that happen? I don't want to go and fight. Sometimes when I watch the t- TV channel, I want to step in and shoot them all. And protect the people. But then, like the law says to me, you've got remote control, haven't you? Turn it over. Turn it off. Everyone's got the same choice. I'm not saying giving money is wrong. I'm not saying that. It angers me. frustrates me. And I think, am I weird? Well. (laughs) Am I really weird that I get angry over these things when everyone seems to be playing the game? I must be the odd one out. And at times I've sat and thought to myself, maybe I'm just too legalistic then. Because everyone seems to be doing it. Well, not everyone, but that's not wrong. right to say everyone. Many are doing it. And then I get into the Word, and then I begin talking to the Lord, and then I go and listen to Jonathan David, and I listen to Phil, and I listen to other people, and I go, no, I was right. I was right. They're weird. But this is what I've concluded Do you want the answer to the riddle? I know why I feel the way I feel. And the reason why I feel the way I feel is because I've paid attention to the prophetic word. When it's ever been delivered to my life, I have honored the prophetic word every time it's come to my life. And I know the value and the importance of the prophetic word and the written word when it comes to my life. And I know how God has gone ahead of me. And because I paid attention, let's go back to because I paid attention, my ears have been open and I've paid attention. God has saved me from making the mistake. There was an incident so many years ago where I was about to take the church in a certain direction. I saw, I'd been to a particular place. Seen how they do church life, was quite impressed by it. And I thought, this is the way. This is the way, Lord, that you're showing me. And then slowly but surely, I started to feel agitated in my spirit. And I remember being in Singapore, and I couldn't sleep all night, which is not good for me. And I remember writing all through the night, most of the night, which is never like me, he'll tell you. And I kept saying, Lord, why do I feel like this? Why did I love this thing and now I feel agitated towards it? The next day, I get to, to the place where I'm going to. The guy starts speaking. Heaven drops down. Every frustration was answered. Why? Because I guarded the prophetic word. I listened, I paid attention, I didn't just say, why, I don't like that place anymore, I inquired of the Lord as to why. Teach me your ways, O Lord, so I can walk in your truth. Give me understanding, open the eyes of my heart. And God began to speak to me, case was dismissed, argument over, peace restored. And that wasn't the way. God says, I took you to this place to show you not the pattern. Sorry, I thought the Lord had took me to this place to show me the pattern. The Lord says, no, I brought you here to show you what is not the pattern. Wow, how gracious God would show me that. Wow. Thank God. That's why I'm different, because I long for the pattern. I don't want church natural. I don't want church as usual. I want church unusual. There's patterns that need to set the whole house, but we need to pay attention in order for this. You cannot live like you want and expect God to bless you and bless this house. You want things nice when you walk in this house, but to get things the way you want them, somebody's got to seek God for them. Our biggest issue is not running a service. Anyone can run a service. Our biggest issue is keeping the voice of the Lord here and keeping you aligned and tuned to that voice. That's the hardest thing, because I don't know if you noticed, sheep tend to wander, and sheep eat everywhere and anything. So let me ask you a question: Are you a prophetic person? So, what evidence do you have in your life if you are a prophetic person? I know you just said yes, but I'm asking: Are you a prophetic person? You've got to answer that. Don't have to answer it to me. Are you a prophetic person? Because if you're not a prophetic person, then you'll never pay attention to what's being said. You'll never pay attention. Because when God speaks, you don't know when he's speaking. If you're a prophetic person, there must be evidence in your life that you are a prophetic person. There must be times in your life when you can clearly show the Lord, I pay attention to this thing. I guard it, I govern it. I want to think of how many prophets God has sent from around the nations to speak to me. To guide me, to guard me, to govern me. It's amazing. Whether I'm anywhere in the world, anywhere, and he's been with me most of the time, it doesn't matter where I am in the world, God has no problem getting somebody to speak to me. Why? Because God knows I'll honor and protect the prophetic word. We've loved the prophetic word. We've chased the prophetic word. We've listened to the prophetic word. We've, we've, gra- we've, we've grafted it into our hearts. We cannot have an unusual church without a prophetic voice. Because the prophetic voice warns us about what's coming tomorrow. It's the, the prophetic voice is the pillar of fire. And it's the cloud by day. The prophetic voice will disperse the darkness. And it will show you how God is leading you in the days ahead. And you must, you must harness the prophetic word in your life. But you must pay attention and recognize it when it's being spoken. You cannot be on your couch. Send it me on an MP3. I'm speaking it now. I wonder why discipleship, mentoring and fathering was put inside my spirit. Why? Because that's what fathers carry. But you know what? I had to see that prophetically, as well as witness it physically. And I know that's part of that prophetic dimension, the apostolic dimension, discipleship, mentoring, fathering. Because not everyone wants to be fathered, but everyone should be mentored. You can't be a father to everyone, but you can, you can often mentor more than you can father. Father. Are you a prophetic people? So are we a prophetic people? I know the ministry team's prophetic, but are you the hearers of prophetic people? Do you have ears to recognize prophetic ministry? It's amazing how many Christians will sit in a church and never ask about prophetic ministry and never worry about it not being there. Oh, Any church that does not have prophetic ministry is going nowhere. You're right. Only gives bread for today. Prophetic ministry gives us seed for tomorrow and bread for today. So if you're a prophetic person and we're a prophetic people, I guess put one and one together makes two, and that makes us a prophetic church. But that's if. That's if. That's if. So going back to the scripture from Numbers 20, 12, verse 25, about when Miriam and Aaron and Miriam stood and stepped in when the Lord spoke, let me give you... So we read the, the first one was, when God speaks, he summons, us to, he summons us to incline our ears. The second one is, when God speaks prophetically through the prophets or through a prophetic person, So in other words, not every prophetic person has to be a prophet. But when God speaks through those channels, the sign of you paying attention is that inwardly inside your heart, everything stands to attention. Everything inside your spirit must come to attention. Yeah? So Numbers 12 verse 5 says this, The Lord came down in a pillar... And we just read it, and he stood at the entrance to the tent. And Aaron and Miriam, when they both of them, when both of them stepped forward, then the Lord spoke. So they stepped, as soon as they saw, they entered in. Amen. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 13, on the second day of the month, the heads of all the families, along with the priests and the Levites, gathered. What did they do? Gathered, they moved. They gathered where? Around Ezra. Listen. They gathered around Ezra the scribe to give attention to the words of the law. They found written in the law. So soon as they saw the man of God coming into the region, all the people gathered and they paid attention to what was about to be spoken because the law to them was the the most important thing. Now we know the law had many flaws, not the law in itself, but the people living to the law, there was many problems. The issue is people gave a collective attention when the man of God was about to speak. Isaiah 48 verse 18 says this, If you had only had paid attention to my commands, your peace would have been like a river. Your righteousness like the waves of the sea. I started off by saying God wants to build an unstoppable river. True? That scripture tells us, if you'd only paid attention. It's amazing when I've given people advice over the years and they have not taken the advice from the word, it's amazing the one thing that came to them or didn't come to them was peace. Trouble and turmoil And lives, I know we could have saved many marriages. We could have saved many marriages had people listened to the counsel of God for their situation at that time. I'm almost certain that we could have halved the problems in people's lives had people listened to the prophetic word spoken to them. For three months, the word of the Lord came to this house about getting the boat. So what did people do? Jump out. It's amazing when the word of the Lord comes, it comes because it knows what's coming ahead. And it comes to warn us, to encourage us, to strengthen us. And yet people have this strangest thing that they ignore. Why? Because they don't pay attention to it. They do opposite Wow. So if you'd only have paid attention to my commands, your peace would have been like a river. Who wants peace like a river? You've got to pay attention. Who wants their righteousness to be like the waves of the sea? Strong. Then you've got to pay attention. So when the Lord speaks, let me give you another, another point. When the Lord speaks prophetically, he reveals himself in, in, to us in various dimensions, such as dreams and visions. So at Christmas time, the Lord spoke to me in a dream. I don't get many dreams of this kind of nature. And in that dream, the Lord began to speak to me about how we as a church was coming into growth. But it wasn't, I'm not quite sure, we have still grabbed hold of and grasped what God wants to do. So what we do is sit there and expect God to do it. God did not give us the dream so we would sit in our blessed assurance. God gave us the dream so that we would rise up and say, and the first thing I did when I opened my holy eyes, Highs. holy eyes, holy eyes. <laughs> when I opened my holy, holy eyes, the first thing I said to the Lord, and it's almost like, Di-ding! you said the right thing. I said, Lord, what would you have me do? Accurate response. Johnny's not a smart boy. I'm not smart. I just know that when God speaks, we have to, I've learned, pay attention, son, pay attention. I can't always say a win on that, but I'm trying. So I said, Lord, what would you have me do? What do you want us to do? Well, praying about it would be a good start. But I want you to grab hold of what God spoke to me, because what God spoke to me He's speaking to us. Yeah. We, and, and this whole thing of new growth coming in was about, Lord, what do you want us to do? He said, well, first of all, I want you to go and get some. Be outward reaching. Oh, we can't do that. We only come here on a Sunday. Like we only like church on a Sunday. You may got to speak to people. Duh-uh. So we have to mobilize the people and... And people are expecting, well, will I, have to, will I have to move my chair. <coughs> if that's your biggest concern, you're in trouble deep. Papa, don't preach. So, to stand up, listen, to stand up means you must pay attention. You, say to yourself, if you will, put your finger on your own heart. And say, I must pay attention when the word is spoken. Not when Tony speaks. I must hear the voice of the Lord through what Tony, Philip, Paul, or any other person speaks in this house to me. I need the voice of God. Not just his words. So to stand up means to pay attention. To step in means with your attention you now take responsibility. Responsibility now to go to the next level. So when God is speaking it is to give responsibility. I'm given a vision of growth coming in. Lord, what would you want me to do? It's a good start. What is it you're saying to me, Lord? Now there's a responsibility to go in deeper, to find out what God is saying, to find out the strategy. How many of you know that when God speaks, He doesn't give you the strategy? He gives you the word first to get your attention to see if you will pursue Him. Show me, Lord. Show me, Lord. Then you have to dig because the treasure's in the deep. You have to intercede. You have to stay in there. Until morning breaks out. The sun, a new dawn arises. And you step in to something new again. Christians have got, I say, Christians are very poor on staying in until. That's why they run to conferences for a, a prophetic word, believing the prophetic word is going to fix everything. Duh. So stand up means attention's given. Stepping forward means respond, responsibility. Your responsibility is, under, is, is undertaken. And staying until means determination. And an opportunity for character to be birthed. Character, character, character. Can God trust us, Dream Center? Be very careful what you answer now. Can God trust us if we were, if, 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 I'm not saying we are, if we were the only church praying for our nation, can God count on us? Notice everybody's not answering, that's okay. Can God trust us? Well, the first thing the leadership has to say, yes. Because let it, like Mary said, let it be unto me. You can sort Joseph out later. But let it be unto me first. You speak to me, the words locked into my heart. You may have to go and appear to Joseph and convince Joseph. And many times when Mary, meaning me, has spoken, the Josephs have wanted to leave. They wanted to leave. They wanted to leave when we were going to call the church Dream Center. (laughs) We want to call the name Dream Center. Immaturity. We're going to leave. He's not heard God. God, I know what you spoke to me. You better go and sort Joseph out. Why? Because Joseph has a hard time catching hold of the seed that you've just put in me. But let it be unto me, Lord, as you have said, but go and sort your boy out. So then the Lord appeared to Joseph. Joseph, Joseph, what's all the commotion about? The Lord has to appear to the Josephs. But Mary did not stop believing because she knew what she caught hold of. So she says, well, you can imagine uh, Mary thinking, you better give me some words to speak to him. You better give me some insight how I can talk to my future husband. Because right now we're, and he's thinking, you know the, you know the picture here, Lord, don't you? You know the dilemma here, Lord, don't you? And God's saying, don't worry. The same God that appeared to you and spoke to you will be the same God that will appear to Joseph. So your job, when God speaks to you, is you hold off, you hold all, sorry, hold on to what God has spoken to you and let God then visit other people and bring the same confirmation. Okay? Because part of leadership is, I know from the first day it leaves my mouth, I want you to all get in and get on. That would be utopia. But it doesn't work like that, does it? Because the word of the Lord is to come again and again and again. And again, and, and as you're seeking and you're struggling with it and you're fighting with it, God can then come and speak to you. And, that, and if I'm standing in the gap and saying, Lord, please, Lord, speak to them. Show your people, open their eyes. Do you not think God's going to work on my behalf? Yeah. Of course he is. But if I turn around and say, that flipping lot over there, Lord, they just fight and resist me and I'm complaining all the time. What do you think God's going to say? Tony, you and I need a word first. Your attitude towards the people is wrong. Sort yourself out. I will step in, but you need to step up and change your attitude. So, last scripture. We're out of here. There's a lot more I could say on this. Isaiah 6 9. Let's pick it up from here. We're finishing. Isaiah 6 9. He's been in the presence of the Lord. The Lord has come down, has taken a coal from the, the altar. He's touched Isaiah's lips. Isaiah's lips, uh, Isaiah's lips has opened, he's caused his eyes to open up. He's seen that he was, a, he was a wretched man, a sinful man. God touched him, cleansed him. Now God is about to commission him to go and do what he needs to do for the nation of Israel. And this is where we stand in. Our, listen, for for the moment we became Christians, God took the coal from the altar and he opened our eyes and cleansed our hearts. Yes? In the day, in that moment that Jesus Christ revealed himself, God came down and cleansed your heart. Now we're at the point. Here's what Isaiah said. And I said, here I am, send me. So he's paid attention so everything that's been going on in Isaiah chapter six, he's had the heavenly encounter and he's, everything inside his heart now has come to an attention where he's saying, here I am, send me. There's nobody else you're talking to, it's me. Right, send me. And he said, the Lord said, meaning, go and tell these people. In other words, command these people to stand up Step in and stay in until, or I'm commanding you, Isaiah, to stand up, step in, and stay in until until what? Well, let's read. I'm glad you asked. He said, "Be ever hearing, but never understanding." He's saying this is what's going to be proclaimed over the nation. By the way, go and tell these people. You'll always be ever hearing, but never understanding you're always ever going to be seeing, but you're never going to perceive. And make the heart of this people callous, make their ears dull, and close their eyes, otherwise they might see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. Then I said, for how long, O Lord? And he answered, until. In other words, you must keep speaking, working, laboring, until. Until these things begin to break out over the nation. Until the cities lie ruined. Can you imagine a prophet? This is going to break the prophet's heart. It's going to break the heart of God. But something has to happen. Isaiah has to keep on speaking until the nation arrives at this point. Because at this point the nation will then ask God a different question. Until the cities lie ruined without inhabitant. Until the houses are left deserted and the fields are ruined and ravaged. Until the Lord has sent everyone far away and the land is utterly forsaken. That was the mandate on this prophet's life. It's not the mandate on your life. Your Mandate is to see city transformation. However. Will you pray. Until. Cities are reversed. Will you. Stay in politics. Until. You see transformation on the streets. Will you. Stay faithful. To what have the word have put in your heart. Will you stay faithful. Until until or are you just going to keep coming to church until you go home with the Lord what will you do with the, Lord, the word of the Lord that's inside your heart you must hold on to it until what has been spoken in your heart breaks through and a manifestation of the Holy Ghost breaks forth upon your life there is an until That God has to build in this house. I'll keep coming to church until someone stops bringing me. Please. Oh, I'll keep coming. I'm committed. Oh, I'm absolutely bang on committed as long as someone keeps bringing me. Please. I'll keep on tithing until there is no until. There's, you can always turn that until negatively. Or you can hold on to it positively. God Almighty has to put an until. I will keep praying Psalm 91 until healing breaks out. I will keep on worshipping the Lord until I find the shadow of his rest. I will keep on being generous until I see people's lives changed. I will keep on until. Is there an until generation here? Yeah. Are there any until people in this room? Yeah. I'll keep on attending until, until you say something I don't like. I'm always going to say something you don't like. Why? Because that's the prophetic word. We don't say it to make you mad. But that's just the nature of the prophetic word. Jesus said, I've come to put a sword. Now I'm not coming to put a sword to kill you all. But the word is sharper than a double-edged sword. Let's stand to our feet until we're dismissed. Church, can you understand this? There is a... You know what I find when as I preach... I preach myself into clarity I do I don't have everything I need I just realise sometimes That I just get the scriptures I put them down As I'm preaching Clarity comes out as I'm speaking them I don't need a lot of words To say from here to there To there to there to there my, my grace is When the word's there So when the scripture's there And I start reading it God speaks to me As I'm speaking to you And as it comes out to me It's coming fresh to me As it's coming to you And that's why I love it like that. I love it like that. And I'm hearing this morning, there's another one, not stand up, step in, but step on. And stay in until what I'm standing on is defeated. We've got to listen and pay attention to this word. Every man, woman, woman, the child needs to check themselves because this word of the Lord, God has not finally finished speaking to us. I'm going to keep on speaking it and he's going to keep on speaking it and Paul will keep on speaking it until we get the pieces. But I feel we've got the four corners. I feel we've got the four corners now. In. My prayer is, Lord, keep showing me. And each week we put another piece in. We put another piece in. And then we can start working out what we think it's looking like and we can move towards it so if everyone is praying those four things Lord how can I I'm standing up when I, every time I go to my Bible I tell, I tell myself stand up Tony get ready to pay attention to what I'm about to read yes stand up the Lord is about to speak to me why because through the word there's a voice so that's my paying attention I'm going to take responsibility because I know what he speaks to me I'm now going to have to do something with it yes I'm going to have to stand on something. I'm going to have to stand on my faith, my convictions. Yes? i have to stand on my faith and my convictions. It's not all about standing on the line and the cobra. And then, until, until the light shines, until the new dawn arises, and the Son of God rises in our hearts, and the God whom we seek, Phil said it this morning, whom the God whom we seek suddenly, immediately, will manifest himself in the temple. In the temple, not this temple, this temple. Until. Johnny Mathers sang that song, Until the Twelve Have Never. There's always an until. Can you pay attention, John? Until. It's dangerous sitting on the front. (laughs) Until. Let's open up our hearts. I know I've gone long this morning, but just stay here until we finish. Father. Lord, I ask you, the sovereign Lord of the heavens and the earth. The God who has opened up this word and has revealed this word to our hearts. The God who is speaking prophetically. Father, I pray that you would birth, sovereignly birth, the will and the plans and the purposes in the hearts of your people. Father, I pray for an attentive spirit. I pray, Father, that that not only their their ears will be open, but the eyes of their heart will be open to a new understanding and brought to a new attention. Lord, sovereignly, I ask you to do this work. And Father, we will stand and prophesy and keep speaking until until we see you manifest in the lives of your people. Oh, Father, we ask, sovereignly ask you, Lord, spring forth, spring forth a new dawn in the lives of your people. Oh mighty God, sharama mama kuriyenda la baba sarenda, shi diri baba baba karienda. Oh ramama satara baba kiriende, sondo robo bobo mara baba kiriende. You know, Paul and Emma gave a testimony for ten years, and no, I was longer than that. Thirteen years, is it? How long is it since you've been wanting that baby? Ten years. For ten years he stood. Until. Until their moment. Until. Until tears came. Tears were shed in that time. Disappointment. Disillusionment. Came. Until. The Lord listened to Anna's prayer. And to Paul's prayer. And, and then that joyous news comes. Mary you're with Child. Ten years later. Ten years later, the Lord Almighty is about to bring an answer because they stood in until their moment. There was an until moment. You and I are ready to break out with a testimony. There's an until in your life. But if you don't stay in there, stand up, step in, stand on. Stay in until God Almighty Breaks forth It's long, it's hard But Psalm 91 is the place where we launch from And make him The shadow of the most high I stay there, that's my place Until Until Peter, stand in there with your daughter Stand in there and keep speaking From, what's the word of the Lord? Come on, bring it back to me to autism, from autism to normalism. Keep standing, until. When the word of the Lord came to Zian Tembe, they kept declaring little by little, until she gets an all clear from the doctors. Pat, you've got to stand in there. Until. It reverses. There's many, many untils. But if these testimonies do not inspire us to go further with God, then something's wrong. God must get bigger and bigger and bigger on the inside, so that the God speaking forth and through us gets bigger and bigger on the outside. There's many until moments. Are you determined like I'm determined? I hope so. Oh Father, can I just raise those holy hands? My God, my God. Until Lord, until you break forth, until you break forth, until you break forth, kura baba baba sarianda. Until until, oh mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. Sula mama mama karianda rabasi Oh rababa karianda rabasi Chutaramama Chutara mama sarianda Chikarababa sarianda. sarianda. The trumpet has blast this morning. The trumpet has blast. The Lord has stood and a trumpet has been sounded in this house, over this house. Those who have the ears to hear the prophetic word will rise. That's why I said if you're a prophetic who is a prophetic person, what is the evidence? Those who have ears to hear what the Lord is saying will rise in this moment. And they will be the first company who will run to the front lines of the battlefield to stand and hold their position. And there the law says, stand, stand at the front lines of the battlefield, lock shields. And from the standing, you then take a step forward and you begin to take the battle you, 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 then you become offensive, and you become, you take the offense, you'd say, and you take the battle to the enemy. You stand your ground as you keep marching forward, little by little. And as you, st- as you stand forward, listen, you then begin to stand on the word of the Lord. Stand in faith. Stand in righteousness. You begin to stand on lions and cobras, because you're going forward. And you stay in until the battle has been won. And a new day has dawned. Keep praying for the lost. Keep witnessing to the lost. Until the lost is no longer lost. The lost becomes found. Keep praying for your neighbor. Keep shining the light. Until. Until. The trumpet has been sound. And I see the first company of people. Running, I see you picking up your, your musket. I see you picking up your drum. Picking up battle battlefield attire. I see you running to the front, li- front uh, lines of the battlefield. And I also see that is the time for you to go and get your family and your children. And to tell them the, the trumpet of the Lord has been sound. We need, to, uh, we need to assemble at the front lines. Grab the others who are with you. And they say, but we will get hurt, we will, we will get damaged if we stand. No, the Lord has spoken. He's our refuge, He's our shield. And you bring your family close and tight. And you bring, as a family, you move. And you keep reminding your family, and you keep reminding your family, and you keep reminding your family, and you keep reminding your family that the Lord is a strong tower. The trumpet has blasted, and we must stand together. As one. Keep declaring it. Until. Until God makes it clear. In every member of your family's hearts. That this is the way. Walk in it. And that's what I feel to dis, 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 uh, discharge this morning. Into your hearts. I trust that God's word has made you glad this morning. In Jesus name. Father I thank you for the word that you've given. You've sown into the lives of your people. Father. I give it to you, Father, to do what you do best. But, Lord, I will stand and I will pray and I will keep watering the ground, believing, O God, that the word that you've given us will manifest in a day called now. In Jesus' name. And the people of God said? Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a standing ovation. Glory to the Lord. Great glory to the Father. So the Holy Ghost. To his name to his Son Jesus Christ. Oh Father. Amen. Go and enjoy the Son.